up what is good welcome to the players podcast sims and lefko and we are in a new studio we are big time how you feeling i'm good how are you how you feeling i just want to talk about the table it's probably it's one of your greatest achievements at bleacher report thank you and i'm being honest so if you're watching on youtube which if you're listening to the podcast i highly recommend that you go to the youtube channel and watch us talk about things uh but also we're in a new room it's the new podcast studio at bleacher report and it is completely blank and and dark on the walls right now and that's not me and uh the one thing that we want to do is send us some stuff like i'm not asking for it i'm not saying please send us stuff like we're gonna decorate it but like other podcasts are gonna be in this room and i'd like sims and lefko stuff to be up too so i'm just gonna say 1633 broadway floor two Say Sims and Lefko and send us some stuff. Send them some stuff. Send we, some stuff. Are we going to have to cut that out later? Nah, I think we're probably fine. Why? I mean, yeah. it's all my business card. address. Yeah. What? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's all just, good. just title sure you Sims and Lefko. Online, can't yeah. you? 1633 Broadway. We have to share the studio with somebody else? There's like other podcasts like Stick to Football right. or 48, First 48 with Howard Beck. How dare they? Yeah, well, you know. They shouldn't be able to touch our mics. Full 48. The first 48 would be Howard Beck solving murder mysteries. Oh, you mean the um, the Howard Beck, the NBA writer that you just thought was 60 years old, and he just yeah, happens to be like 10 years younger? And was covering I mean, the Bill Russell Celtics. <laughs> I mean, you said he was the same age as my dad. What a <laughs> Howard Beck, if you don't listen to this. I don't believe him. Sims is a liar. You're, it was off the record. That never happened. <laughs> oh. um, so we've been getting so many people tweeting at us and Instagramming us the last few days. Yes. I can't stop saying, whoa, big offseason. Like, people are, are DMing me and being like, it might hurt my relationship. Like, my girlfriend will be like, Adam, we have to talk. And then they'll go, whoa, whoa big offseason. So we're going to get to whoa, big offseason later. We're going to have Phil Sims. The uh, mascot battle of the day. Sims will be a ram. And I will be a colt. And I will be nothing again, so yeah. I'm just going to continue being undefeated in mascot well, battles. Help, That's fine. You can help judge it out. No, I'd rather not. Yeah. I just won't participate. But I, I want you to participate a little. I'd like to hear I'd your rather thoughts. Not. I'm 1-0, and, and until I'm invited back. Should we have Fench? Should we do another you, what, three-way battle next week? Nah. Yeah. I honestly, I don't even know if I want to. I'm <laughs> undefeated. Lefko doesn't want me to participate. I'll just sit here and that. do I my just work. Go with what the fans what kind say. Of, what kind of noise does a colt make? <laughs> That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, what uh, noise does a ram make? Bah. I don't know, but that was Doesn't bad. sound real strong until I lower my head. We got a tweet that I want to read to you. This is from uh, Mr. Seaster. Yesterday, I was at a restaurant with my eight-year-old son. He glanced at a shirt our server was wearing and said, Mom, look, it's Sims and Lefko. It was Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I thought I should tell you it was amazing. Have we realized that Sims and I kind of mimic Beavis and we Butthead? We never have. I just can't believe that. It's cool, dude. Oh, God. I just can't Sick. believe that this is all entirely fresh for Chris every time we sit down to do a podcast. Chris you don't Sims see any of the mentions. No. no DMs. No, this nothing. is great. That's great. And, you know... <laughs> The more I'm in, like, I'm slowly dabbling here and there. What is, at, whoa, what does that mean? Looking at comments. My wife shows me it's stuff. Good. It's not good. Let's go. Right. You guys are sending me crap all That's the time. True. I, I do not like Twitter. 
You're yeah. against it. I, Twitter is Twitter is the the haterverse of the world. What's making you say this? I, it's just nothing but negative. It it's, is. You're it's, spot on. It's it's disgusting, and I attribute. It's almost like it's like mean drivers on the road because they never have to be held accountable. Because we're I'm in a window, and you can't hear the mean, disgusting, rude things I'm saying. Yeah. You can't put a face to it in Twitter, and it gives everybody this courage, like liquid courage, like you're a drunk at a bar in Sixth Street, Austin, Texas. Are you just making this based off the one day that you and me? Scroll through your mentions together, or is this a repeated <laughs> no, no, thing? Because that I, was a bad day for your mentions. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I did see that, uh, but no, it's been a number of things. Whether it's, it's just looking at everything, the whole thing. It's, so it's definitely it's really funny more you say negative. this. I'm going to skip ahead, and we'll right. come back to okay. everything else. But the big story right now is the Sixers GM had five. Twitter oh. accounts that were fake, where he would go on and badmouth players and badmouth coaches and badmouth GMs. I remember with Ray Farmer, and he had the cell phone thing. Mm-hmm. But do you think that a lot of people in the NFL have Twitter accounts like this, like GMs or coaches, where they go on and either crap about other people or talk to the media? Coaches, no. Definitely you don't think not. So. Does not go. The NFL world, they're, they're worse than me. They don't even know how to use Twitter or anything. Okay. I mean, so that. Now, GMs, would they get in that conversation? Like a Thomas Dimitrov? I'm not saying he's yeah, just yeah, he's I know what you mean. You're just using a guy that has a yeah. clue about the social media. I could see them doing it. I could see it too. I mean, the crazy thing is, I mean, not only this guy, but we caught Kevin Durant doing this last year. Remember? Everybody forgets that too, where he's. He was sticking up for himself. But that's a, what I was wondering about the NFL, because yeah. the NBA is so social media savvy, and they all have their accounts. The NFL, like, they're finally okay with highlights being online, I so know. they're a little bit behind. I don't think, they're, I don't think you're going to have too many GMs I, that can play that game in the I, NFL. I have a feeling that a lot of those, like the Washington GM or the guy that was an indie that got fired, like, I could see them, like, tweeting at reporters and be like, that was a good move, actually. You know what I mean? Like, I hear you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you listen, you can be political that way and you can frame public discussion a little yes. bit within doing that certainly i, I yeah, just don't think that a troll getting in someone's mentions and saying one thing that absolutely impacts people's brains but the big question is who did he tell he was doing this and who ratted well, him out i'm not going to get too deep into it yeah but the storyline that a lot of people in philadelphia are liking right now uh-huh Sam Hinkie, and we will be talking because he was working with the Broncos. He did a little bit of work with them, but Sam Hinkie's been doing a lot of stuff in in a space of artificial intelligence. And apparently, one of the guys being connected to solving this with Brian Colangelo works in artificial intelligence at a similar company. So we believe that it is Sam Hinkie's revenge. Getting, getting back. And I love it. Yes. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of him. I, I'm just curious in the NFL if you think there's burner accounts. Yeah, I, 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 I don't likely. think it's. I definitely don't think there. I could see Peyton Manning having burner but, accounts. But I mean, we saw Roger Goodell's wife had one. Yeah. Remember? I mean, that's. I, again, I don't know why people worry about a bunch of. I could see Brady like, having people. some burner accounts. I I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm sure there's Chris a few told us two weeks do. ago that the second youngest coach in the NFL didn't understand the power of social media right. until there That's was national true. news about his exactly. son's name. Yes. Yeah. So if Kyle Shanahan doesn't understand it. I mean, sure. No, that's just the only difference is, is when you're talking about front office or GMs. Those guys are a little, a little more savvy. Attention. Yes. 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 Uh, there. Speaking of Twitter, uh, there's apparently an account that started today. Reasons Big Phil should host the Sims and Lefko draft party. <laughs> that Fendrick, and it's just giving reasons. We are not connected. This is not a burner account for us. Right. We have no idea. But it says things like reasons. Reason number four: Phil Sims will be throwing <laughs> underhand. Reason number five: Fendrick and Phil battling in ping pong like it's i still get dms all the time about our draft party it's going to be great uh you got to read reason number two 
What was it? What was two? Deirdre gets a chance to showcase her party planning skills on a national stage. <laughs> yeah, Deirdre is Chris's sister. Very, for those I that don't hope know, this is a Deirdre burner account. Imagine that. <laughs> she really wants to have the party. She uh, does. Speaking of the ping pong game that was supposed to happen before the party, uh, Zach One Fitzgerald DM'd me on Instagram and said, "Wanted to show love for the podcast. Second, I've watched Josh play ping pong, and I am confident Big Fucker is going to whoop the floor with him. Josh has no power. He's the Alex Smith to." Big fuckers, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's just oh, not. That? That's just not a good comparison. I'll say that you're the Charlie Checkdown of ping pong. So wow. the only. So the yeah, that's just not true. Wow. The a only videos, spinner, Mr. Sims. Take the only videos that are online of me playing ping pong are me against Cameron, who could barely hit the ball back to me. I had to Do hit. Not bad Whoa, mouth Cameron. I'm not bad mouthing him. I'm just Cameron saying. You said that. You should. I watched the tape. It's true. I'm not. Wow. I'm not making uh, that up. That's rude. Do not judge my ping pong skills off of how I looked against Cameron. That's all. I would say. Cameron knows Thanks. people on the yeah, sideline. I'm in trouble. I'm sure. Speaking, trouble. by the way, Cameron, who's definitely not our NBA analyst, correctly predicted the finals. <laughs> he predicted the ca- he predicted he the Cavaliers and the Warriors. That's why we hired him. That's incredible. I know. He's Can't amazing. He can, uh, he, he's amazing. Uh, what a guy. I know. Cavs? LeBron. Unbelievable. LeBron. I was actually rooting. 4-0, 4-1, gentlemen sweep. I think it might be 4-0. I don't think he can even overcome this. No, I don't think so. I mean, come on. The, 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 he could take the fourth best player on the, the, the Warriors, and he's the second best player on his team. We were, no saying, we were saying, was Nick Young, arguably, would he be the third best player on the cast? He'd be close to it. Damn. It's amazing. He, he, I was all hoping he would score 70 the other night, and they would find a way to lose. That's, it's like our Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson thing. Same thing. I have a lot in Out of Lefko Field coming up later about Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. I'm excited and I'm also sad. This okay. might be a two-hour podcast. Oh, great. OBJ's contract, I would like to say thank you for guessing. Uh, we are up to over 300 guesses right now. Okay. But here are the people who did not get it right. Ryan Gold, I'm sorry. Nahir Cheda, no. Uh, Rob Turk from Portland, Oregon said go Niners. He predicted it would be on May 28th. Not going to happen. Kyles Anderson from uh, the Woodlands, Texas. No, nope. the Woodlands. Derek, uh, his comment was, I forgot Sims was a lefty. What the hell? <laughs> uh, he guessed May 31st, which is what, tomorrow? So if they get it tomorrow, Alex Williams guessed tomorrow also and said insider information. I'm hoping it doesn't come on June 3rd. David Beresford from the United Kingdom uh, guessed June 3rd, and his comment was, Tebow is better than Sims. That's bullshit. Well, he... He did he win the Heisman? Yes, he did. Of oh. course, he won the Heisman. Okay, he's not better than he's you. better than me at baseball. Um, all right, so no, he's not better than me. No, at no, no, no. We usually talk about Kyle Shanahan, our favorite coach, but um, since I know Kyle listens to the podcast, yeah, Kyle, you got to step it up. There really wasn't that good of news about you, and in fact, you have competition because now we have a new segment called Gruden is grinding. Gruden is coming for your territory in the Bay Area, Shanahan. Just he's when you trying got to take this shit over, Shanahan. Okay, it's Johnny Gruden. You're competing with Sean McVay now, Kyle, right. and John Gruden. Yep. And Gruden is grinding. Man, and McVay has a way cooler beard than you, Shanahan. Damn, Kyle, way cooler. Step it up. <laughs> uh, first thing is Gruden and Carr. Uh, and I want to ask you about your relationship with Gruden. Carr said, I meet with Gruden every morning. He'll say something to me at 5.30 and won't bring it up the rest of the day. Then he'll throw it to me at practice, making sure I'm still on the top of the little thing he gave me in the morning. He just pushes me and gets everything out of me, and it's been cool. Mm. Is that a Gruden trick? That is a gr- definitely a Gruden trick. So yeah. you'd get that all the time? All the time. I mean, the amount of information he throws at you on a daily basis, it's all a test. It's all about to see what you can retain. Could he fluster you during that? 
that meaning to make you forget certain things, whatever it is. I would love to be in some of those meeting rooms again. I mean, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it at times because Why? it's just because I think it would sound awful, but you're right now kind of missing it. Well, it's it's a. Um, it's one of those things that, yes, when you're doing it at the time, it can be nerve-wracking and all those things. But damn, when you get done with it and you look back at it, you go, man, that was the most alive I ever felt when he told me to get at the board. And I was shitting my pants going, oh, shit, I hope I remember this formation. We haven't talked about this formation in nine weeks. So would he tell you things at 530 in the morning and then the whole day you're going, I got to remember this because it's going to come later. I got to remember this. Like, would you plan for that? I wouldn't plan for it, but I just, you knew when he was trying to. To make points to go like this is something we're going to work glean? on. Was the, it the, the glean? glean. Yo, he and just the the looking at you or you know whether he had to draw it on the board and circle it twelve times, not only with the the marker but then also point at it with his red laser and circle it another hundred times. Uh, you could you could tell, and then you could always tell if he was really passionate about a play or certain things, because then there would always be the following video of stuff to mm. show about. Oh, you know, like it could be simple shit. So too. when we watched Gruden Camp, right, that was the energy he took to oh, watching film with you guys. Without more energy, that wasn't just for television. Yeah, it's more energy when he's with you because he can swear and really be crude and really show you John Gruden. What the hell you thinking here, right. Sims? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And, you know, he could tell you some perverted story, whatever it may be. Right. That there's just no no rules to. But yes, that was how meetings were. That's how meetings were when we got done with the walkthrough in the morning, right? And the NFL season, like Wednesday practice, he had like an 11 o'clock walkthrough. It was walk right back in the meeting room. Gruden, Gruden was going to grill you on what happened in the walkthrough, have another tape to show you stuff he wants to be prepared for in the afternoon practice. Practice would get over. We'd go back in the meeting room. He'd be like purple because he like he didn't put enough sunscreen on, so all his freckles had connected that time <laughs> at that point and we'd walk in there and he'd be the same guy His except he looked disheveled yes and he'd that, have like a little sweat that style of coaching is not for every player not for every player but you'd walk in and like I know we not everybody can watch this but like he'd, he'd have like a a left coast sweat on his forehead, a little glisten, right? if you will, and he'd have his his uh, his visor. It could be on backwards, or it was like Whoa, slightly tilted luck. to the side because he was just sweaty and everything. And he'd be just sitting there, like with his feet on, and he'd be walk watching guys walk in the locker room. I mean, walk in the quarterback room and be like, look at him, and he'd look at the clock. And then somebody cut it close. Like, it's about fucking time you got in here. Let's start this fucking meeting. Is he one of those yeah. special guys that can see people look at the clock and remember that? Yes, he's he's got a he is a he does have a special brain. He has a brilliant brain. Yes, he would be what you would call. I I like how his brain works. Yes, yes, the left goes. <laughs> yes. So there, here's a story too about Gruden. Why I love him and why I'm afraid of this season for him and the 10-year contract, $100 million they gave him. By the way, I was in Vegas this past weekend, and I drove by where the Raiders Stadium is going to be. Yeah. It's like right there. I know. It's going to be wild. Cool. Yeah. Well, Betting stations at the seats. Nick, in the back, everybody, we're going to call my dad at 415. He would like you to call on the house phone. Ooh, Ooh the house phone. That's live producing. Uh, here's what I love about Gruden and what scares me. Gruden is on a conference call with Raiders season ticket holders, and he says... Last time I was in Oakland, we stole Rich Gannon from Kansas City. We took Andre Risen from Kansas City. We took Albert Lewis from the Chiefs. We love stealing from the Chiefs. <laughs> so now we got Derek Johnson, and I'm on my way to the Raiders store to pick up a Derek Johnson Raiders jersey, <laughs> and 
and I'm going to wear it home tonight. I love that. That's so him. That's what I love about Gruden, that he, they signed Derek Johnson, and to season ticket holders, he goes, I love stealing things from them. Like, he's a coach that embraces rivalries. Love that. Right. He wants to pick, he wants hate. He fueled after, of hate. He's going to pick the fight it's with amazing. Kansas City. So when it comes time, the week of Kansas City, he already hates him. Here's what I, scares me about John Gruden. Yeah. He followed it up with, well, we feel like the middle of our defense is solidified big time now. Derek Johnson, all-time leading tackler in Kansas City Chief history, started every game for them last year. They were the division champs. And I go, Derek Johnson hasn't been a good middle he linebacker He went to college with Chris Sims. It's, he hasn't been <laughs> active, like ready for this type of football in like two, three years. Like He was a liability in these last few years. He wasn't a liability. He, he wasn't He's the not guy the same he, guy we used to be. Yes, I know that. Yes, you're right about but that. But that's, that's what I look at his right. offseason and I go, oh shit. He's signing the Jordy Nelsons. He's excited about the Marshawn Lynches. Yes. He, like all the guys where I go, I'm worried that that all of them are going to be able to have a whole year of success. And he, it's the guys that he interviewed on Monday Night Football that he's excited. He's to get. excited about, and is they're this, the ones that are a little old in the tooth. That's my concern. I, I, your concerns are real. It was a concern for me when we played in Tampa. We used to complain in the locker room because we'd go, "Damn, we never signed young free agents, or we never draft young guys to fill in our roster needs." They'll be good early because right. they'll be a veteran exactly. team. Exactly, but like weeks twelve through sixteen, yes. Let's see if you have legs, man. He'll, he'll build the team the right way, I think, as a whole. But yes, this year, I do think he's. You know, erred on those type of guys because he wants to set the culture. Yes. He wants everybody to get his system. He doesn't right. want mental mistakes, those things that can break or mess I up. Get a, that. So yes, it, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah, he's setting the tone. You're right. It's kind of like your first class as a college coach. You're right. They're like better Gruden, and he's going to be yeah. in the front of the line. This is how you run this route. Yeah. Look, he did it perfect. Now you should too. That's what he's doing, and then and it, may, it does make sense. But I, I do think he. he I would think that would be something he learned from, to just know that yeah. for the future Raiders, it can't always be the nine-year veteran, let's hold them over for one year. That's why that relationship with it. him and McKenzie is so big. Yes. He needs to give, because McKenzie apparently drafted Arden Key and, mm-hmm. and a few of the other ones that were better risks. Right. I, I do feel bad that we're not letting Kyle kind of like have the shine. Um, well, so you got outshined by Gruden. Make some news. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got, I got let, let, let's talk to him. Yeah. Uh, let's give the Sims advice to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, apparently Apparently, someone commented in an Instagram post to Des Bryant, what team do you want to play for? Oh, that's right. He responded with the Niners yes. and then deleted it. Right. Everybody wants to play for Kyle. Of course. But should Kyle want Des Bryant? No. Okay. No. So you're going to tell Kyle no? Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Don't sign him. Like Whisper he, to like him. Don't let everybody. Hey, Kyle, don't do it. Don't sign don't Des Bryant. You don't think he'd be a good fit him and uh, I uh, think Pierre Garçon kind of work in the middle? I, I keep think, whispering just to keep this quiet. I think, I think Pierre's... The same guy, basically, just younger, and and really probably a little bit better of a route runner, and of course understands Kyle's offense already. See, that's what's hurt, going to hurt Des. The thing we said originally, right? The fact that he's been in Dallas his whole life and he really had to never, never do anything except line outside to one side of the ball, and do slants or goes. Right. He never really had to do some of the slot stuff, the reading the routes, reading the coverage right. stuff. And I think where a lot of teams would love a Des Bryant as your third receiver, those are the kind of things you want out of your third receiver, and you haven't seen him do it. And as we talked about, NFL coaches are so conservative by nature. Yeah. Oh, I got to see it on film twenty times to realize he can really do it. So I get that. And yeah, Kyle. Um, I, I don't think 
I don't think it's a an area of need for Kyle in that offense right no, now. No, I think they need defense. They do. It's funny you're talking about everybody wants to play for Kyle. Yeah. Cassius Marsh is on the Niners, and he came out yet another guy that comes out and says the Patriots don't have fun. They're no fun to play with, and I'm so happy to be in San Francisco. Yeah. It's it seems like everybody that didn't have fun in New England is just coming out and bashing the Patriots this summer. The the it is it's wide I feel like the open. Eagles started it. The Eagles started. I think Brady and Gronk started it. I think that started the pile line too. I mean, listen, Belichick, it's a tough place to work, play, whatever it is. He holds your feet under the fire for every nickel he gives you. And, you know, there's players up there that we've talked about. They're mad about the Super Bowl. um, And they're taking their little shots at him right now for the first time ever. Isn't it worth trading fun to win Super Bowls That's and what, be in so the Super Bowl every I, year? I, like, if I'm a football yeah, player, but, but see that mate. This is the thing. And I'm definitely not a football player. Yeah. But I think if we were coming off a Patriots Super Bowl, that's a great argument. But the Eagles, who probably were the loosest team in the NFL, beat them. So you don't have to be that way. That's what we've always said about Bill Belichick: is you can't argue with a man that has five Super Bowls because he's always right. Mm-hmm. Well, when you beat him. Then you, we don't have to do it your way. But just because the Eagles win the Super Bowl one year is not an indictment on how Bill Belichick runs the of organization. Course. No, it's I'm not. just saying they're in it every no, year. No, it's like yeah, this is the price of doing business yes. in New England, Josh. I think what you're saying is yeah. right. This is where I would defend New England. We always yeah, say this. It's yeah. brutal. It's I mean, coaches have left there, front office people have left there, and you walk out the building, you go, yeah, I'm free. I mean, that's literally how I felt my last day last there. I was day like, of this school, is fucking awesome. Throw up I'm your trapper keeper. But yet it is a special place to work. But yes, you know, it's... Would you say the statement's correct? This is a band camp, okay? Would would you say the statement's correct? Yeah. I want my players and my teams to be operated, the ones that I watch and care about, like the Patriots. But if I was playing, I would probably rather win somewhere else. Like, since I don't have to go through that, like you said, Josh, I want my yep. team executing at that type of level. Yeah. Because that's it's like a fantasy team then. Like, this right. is great. Best right. chance to win. But actually doing it yourself? Who... I want to be a Marine. I don't want to go through the the work, like yeah, the workouts, through, all that, and everything to do it. The, the training, right? I'm not capable of that. Right, you can't but if tread you could, water if you for could two hours in the middle make of the ocean. Me a Marine, right? I'm in. Yeah, but that's what separates me from the Marine. Yeah, the place. Okay, your reward is what you said, Josh, right? You go there, and yeah, you're not going to have fun. There's not going to be a bowling day in the middle of training camp. Yeah. There's not going to be a water balloon fight. No you're softball. Get the ice cream man no. to swing by. That's always a it's great story. Monotony, that story will happen in the next three weeks. Monotony <laughs> and grind every day. So, yes, there is not a lot of fun that goes on in New England. Uh, but the fun is the ring ceremony. The fun is celebrating after the AFC Championship game. The fun is being able to show your family for years and years after this Hey, look, I got five rings. Fuck all you else. Like, fuck everybody else. I got That's four. That's a weird I thing got... to say to your family. So, yeah, either way. <laughs> but I'm saying the people that are saying no fun. But it, it, as a player, of course you would like to be at a place yeah. that's a little more lighthearted and, and can be fun that way. And that's why you've seen some players go up there and disappear from Earth. Because, like... Uh, New England can be the killer of fun. And guys like Chad Androsinko, they wanted to smile a few times a day. Reggie Wainsworth, Reggie Wayne, Adelius Thomas. There's a plenty of personalities that have gone up there and it's been the end of their career. Yeah. Because, Chris Long talked about it on this podcast. Yes, because, because a lot of guys 
they they feed from their own personality about how they perform on the field. And when yeah. you make them a robot off the field, then they go become robots on the field. I'm curious. The, the McCourty twins would be the perfect twin test, where you have one McCourty that's been with them forever and one McCourty that's not, and you just test their personalities based on, like, it's like a... It's See like, if Devin is incapable of having fun because his handle, life is... They can handle yeah, anything. Like you, you play a board game with them, and you, <laughs> and you realize that Devin never suggests fun topics. <laughs> Guys, what should we do? Devin's like, our taxes! Devin... <laughs> Uh, Sit down, please. But apparently Belichick's a little bit of fun. Uh, there's a little video going around today of Bill Belichick going through the drive through of Chick-fil-A. Ooh. Uh, does not look happy. I think he sees the cameraman in the distance, but my only question for you would be, do you think he goes for the fresh squeeze lemonade or the hand spun milkshake? That's an easy answer. Right? That's the big debate at Chick-fil-A. Easy answer. I think he's a spicy chicken fresh squeeze lemonade guy. With pickles. With pickles. Definitely he's some sort pickle. of chicken sandwich. I don't know. The fact that he's going to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru tells me he might be shake, uh, uh, sneaking a shake in there. That the that the but He's eating that before he gets to the office. Or after, right? When he's left the nutritionist who's been watching over him. <laughs> he has a nutritionist. Yeah, the nutritionist the year I was there was taking very into account of what time. He was definitely, Bill was one of his players. Can basically. you imagine the nutritionist being like, Bill, like he has to discipline Bill. We need to talk. I saw the video on Instagram. Have you seen yourself with your shirt off? And then lately? he suggests the TB12 diet oh without knowing. I, well, I think that what's so funny when I was looking at the menu: fresh squeezed lemonade, hand spun milkshake. Why is it when there's an action associated with a food, it sounds more delicious? Eight hour cooked ribs. You're right. Slowly cooked. Slow roasted baked beans. Right. Like if it was just baked beans, I'd be like, hope they don't cook them fast. <laughs> Shit, I hate those fast-roasted big beans. It just speaks to how fat we are as a country. But Belichick, is, is Belichick a fast food guy? Not that I know of. Dude, but I mean, what if this outed, like, what if his new wife and his nutritionist, like, this causes a big controversy. Wait, so they caught him with, like, a live TV camera? Caught him at no, the... No, no, just like a, somebody per, like a worker gotcha. yeah, on their gotcha. phone. They yeah. knew Bill was coming, so he must, maybe he's a regular here. This is, by the way, a part of our, of our beautiful segment, Beans, Not Beef. We are a podcast that wants you to eat healthier yes. because it's important. Limit your red meat so, intake. Beans, not beef. Funny you should say that. Charles Clay is going on a diet. Why? Because he recently had a knee injury and he just kind of reevaluated everything and he went on a diet. He tried to go vegan. Oh, yeah. Lasted for a month. Yeah. Quote, it was good, but it was hard, hard. and it was Ooh. too expensive. His diet is now devoid of sugar. His meals include chicken and fish, but yep. little, if any, red meat. Good. I'm trying to keep as much inflammation out of my body, Clay said. I feel awesome right now. Beans and beef. Charles Clay's on the beans. It sounds like he dinner. went Theo Riddick vegan and not Adrian Peterson vegan. Yeah. Two different things. Yes. yes. Sounds yes. like Belichick's going Adrian Peterson vegan. Yeah. I'm vegan, but I just stop off and get Chick-fil-A milkshakes and chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Lefko's coaching impersonations have it's really improved this offseason. Yeah. I'm not good. Cam is amazing at Belichick. Cam is good. We should get Cam in here one time. We should. Just, just do, do Belichick. We, that's the next level of the podcast. Cam, but he's got actual voice actors. <laughs> he's got like me and my uh, the agent. That's the same voice. Like oh, Belichick yeah. and my agent are the same guy. Uh, what do you want to do? Nothing. Dad, take okay. the reins, Sims. Yeah, that, that's always dangerous when Sims gives like, me I have something I want to talk about. Yeah, want to derail this I podcast. <laughs> interested to hear the, the beans, not beef thing. That was cool. The Charles Clay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for the next segment: legs and ass. Oh, baby, ba, 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 ba. I like this legs and ass. First one: uh, Leonard Fournette is oh. reportedly down to two twenty. Here is a picture. I'm going to spill that of Leonard Careful Fournette left, right now. Uh, my question about Leonard Fournette uh, at two twenty: Is that a good thing? It's when, when you're chiseled out of rock. 
It doesn't matter. Well, I just so he went to the combine. Remember at like two forty, and then like something he was like weighed like two twenty eight. Right. My question for you is, what weight do you want to see Leonard Fournette at? Mm, I think Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think the weight we saw him, mean, he was around like two thirty. I think he was telling people like toward the midseason last year. I think I remember a few quotes. I would say around there is going to be the he's, right. He's, he's he's the type of guy that's probably has to starve himself to be two twenty. He just gets he's going to gain more weight as the season goes on as he starts to work out. So I mean, he's one of those guys mind, that looks at weights and he gets five pounds stronger. Remember, he like turned all of his trophies into weights yes. for his local high school. He's insane. But wait, so Leonard Fournette, you'd rather him start lean and work on speed, agility, quickness. Get in really good and shape. Ho- and build it from a core. Right, because build it from a core of, okay, we're stripping you down. Let's start from there. You're healthy. Now you can put on the right amount of muscle, too, to go back to 228, 230, whatever it may be. Mm. Running backs are freaks, man. I mean, it doesn't matter. If he loses weight, like I, I promise you, Leonard Fournette goes into the gym for two weeks every other day. He can be two forty and jacked in no time. Man. He is. They're they're like the freakiest people on the planet before as far we, as muscles. Before we move on, can we just explain? We've had a lot of new listeners come to the podcast recently. Oh, yeah. Can we explain where legs and ass comes from? How that uh, became a thing? Legs and ass is it's part of our constitution. I can't remember which amendment, but it just simply simply states that the best players in the NFL typically have a beautiful set of legs and ass, and it's what Chris Sims looks for when he's evaluating a talent. Got First a wide receiver, got big hands, great. How's his legs and ass? Legs and offensive ass. offensive line. Right. Oh, you can push 400 pounds? How's your legs and ass? Right. Did you guys, it's not weird. It's football. Did you guys it's see the football. pictures of Saquon throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium? Well, not only Stadium? do we have that, oh, Nick, like can you that. make sure that my audio is up, please? His legs, legs, legs here is, and ass. Here is the sound of legs, Saquon. Legs, ass, and back. Here is the sound of Saquon going out to the mound and listen to the baseball announcers not be able to handle themselves. It's all in the legs, Paul. Check out the legs. Well, I know one thing. He's got a set on him. Look at those. He's a thick fella. I'd, like, I'd rather try to hit him than tackle him. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Sit. He didn't throw a great pitch. But what's so funny is it, they literally couldn't hold it in. I'm telling you that I've never seen a body part take over an offseason like Saquon's legs are taking over this offseason. Yeah. The golf picture, throwing out the baseball, the pictures online are insane. insane. His hamstring is another body part. Not since Takeo Spike's neck have I seen people get mesmerized by a body part. No. It's, it's, if I'm doing winners it's and Bo losers Jackson, the offseason. It's Bo Jackson shit. I mean, that's what it is when I look at it. Like that's It's that kind of legs and body. You're just like, whoa. What's funny now, though, is with, like, with Instagram and stuff, people are just only focusing. Like we, There should be an account just called Saquon's Legs. Sa- but yep. it's won the offseason. I've never seen a rookie win over confidence because of just a body part. It's um, He's the man. Legs and ass and back. I mean, those are the things you look at for any great athlete. And don't always take NBA players into that because NBA players are their own type of animal in their way, own ways because they're longer. It's more about longer levers. I've never seen a but human being like Kevin Durant before. That's what I mean. But it's not power-based, so it's a little different. Like, look, right. like Michael Jordan wasn't the best dunker because he had great hamstrings and ass. No. It was because he had an Achilles tendon that was like three feet long and yeah. he had a huge femur bone. And it's things like when like, you look at Chad Ocho based. 
Zinko's leg, right. and you realize that his calf muscle was like a golf ball at his kneecap, right. and you're like, oh, that's how physics but work. But this kid is like, can it's... have an unbelievable vertical because he can literally go, I'm going to squat my ass down and explode up into the air, I just and I'm going to jump 40-inch vertical. I think what's funny, we're talking about Leonard Fournette. When Leonard Fournette, excuse me, when Derrick Henry stood next to Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. everybody lost their minds in that championship game. But then when you see Derrick Henry in person, you realize that his waist is at our chest, and he's got long legs, and they're they're not that meaty. You yeah. go, okay, Leonard Fournette was supposed to be like the physical guy that came in that we went, this guy, I've never seen anyone built like him. Saquon has erased all of them from our memory. Uh, he has. It's He's the best built athlete coming to the NFL. I mean, like, Garrett, Miles Garrett, like those are the two guys, and I think in the last five, ten years, that are the most incredible appearances. Yes, yes, that just wow you. And his his upper body, I mean, you see those pictures too. He's he's chiseled. I mean, he's. Uh, do you want to do an all legs and ass team? Sure. So that every position we go through and we pick the I all mean, legs like, and ass team right off the bat, like all legs, it's going to be the better players. That's it's not going to be as exciting as people think because right away I'm going Khalil Max on it. Aaron Donald's on it. Aaron Donald's definitely on it. You know what it. I mean? Um, Fletcher Cox is probably on it. You know, you start to go through it. It's is not Saquon, as hard as you think. Is Saquon the rookie Saquon on the probably out? is. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's got some Zeke. legs and ass, too. Yeah. I mean, but Which this, quarterback are you putting on there? Which quarterback with legs and ass? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one, actually. Um, I mean, my you mind went to Cam. It went up to Cam right, right off the bat. For sure. But there's somebody else we're missing, I think. All right, but Hold I'm just. I'm oh, put, I know who it is. I think. I think I'm pretty safe in saying Russell that Wilson, Dak Prescott, or Russell Wilson would be the two guys. Stout, right? Thick, stout, two C's. Definitely inner thigh rubbage. Yes, agreed. Right. Yeah, don't ne- wear tear pants. Need to wear spandex when you swim in the ocean because like they have get, a rash. I would like to get people's rosters, whether they want to do it on Reddit or on Twitter or Instagram. Who would you include in your all legs and ass team? And if you'd like to suggest names that have not been mentioned here, please do. Please provide photo evidence. Yeah, we because want, we're we need to judge. evidence, right? It, it, you can't, this is not a metric. This is not analytics. Like it's look just at legs and ass. look at guys like Saquon, Khalil Mack, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, whatever. Back in the day, that's yeah. the kind of legs and ass we're looking for to fill out this team. Phil yeah. Sims got good legs and oh, ass. Oh man, he's got some legs he and did. ass. He can squat. Holy cow! Oh, when you look at pictures of Phil from that era yeah. compared to other quarterbacks, yeah. they look like children, and Phil looks like an H back. You should. We should ask Big Phil about like Dan Marino asking him about lifting weights before the game one year. They played in '93, and I, apparently save like, it for the interview. Okay, I was just yeah. <laughs> I no, no, but ask him that. I will. All right, it's, so it's actually up, a funny story because Marino. You know, I think mentioned, like realized how thick and strong my dad was on the field that day for some reason. And he was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and he's like, uh, "I mean, so this this lifting weight thing help you?" That's <laughs> what let him tell you. Yeah, he'll I, tell you. I was watching clips of Dan Marino Dan, uh, this weekend for some reason. Uh-huh. Dan Marino, when he threw a deep ball. It was just like it was a laser. Yes. Like it never got above a certain height. Like Aaron Rodgers when he throws the Hail Marys. Launch it up I high. don't think Dan Marino would ever do that. No. It would just be like ping. Yeah, Dan was the kind of guy that like a quarterback challenges couldn't throw it really past like fifty eight yards, right? Because it's just it's literally hovering above the it ground. It just wasn't the motion that led to launching balls, yeah. but anything like forty or below, he could literally throw it four My feet off the ground. Was, it's a little Philip Rivers ish, just like the I hear you, especially towards the end of his career. Right. Early on, like eighty for losing the Super Bowl, all those, it was a little more of a Oof. real throw. All right, so it's time for whoa, whoa, big off season, holy off season, and we have a lot in backup quarterbacks that are actually hidden legends, and this is when we uncover them. First one up, Teddy Bridgewater, 
there's legitimate buzz. Be careful, because this buzz is legitimate. That's right. OTAs are going on, and Bridgewater's created legitimate buzz. Oh, no, legitimate buzz. <laughs> he could end up starting for the Jets, but more importantly, that trade value is trending Skyrocketing. upwards. Skyrocketing. Whoa, big offseason. Big offseason. Legitimate buzz. You buying Sims, that you buzz? Buying it? You buying uh, the buzz? I am buying the buzz. I am, yes. Oh. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about it, too, so... Yeah, I think the buzz is real. I think he's opened up uh, some. Tell, op- tell us what you're hearing. Well, I, I just I've heard just good reviews. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's been like you know anything specific, but that he's physically farther along than they were expecting and picked up the offense very quickly. Whenever that happens, I always want to know what were they expecting. Yeah, I know. Well, it was dicey. I think. I think they. I feel like they're like our expect. If he hits the field, we're happy. And then like he's throwing, and they're like he's exceeding. I, I our got the feeling that yeah, maybe they were like slightly duped in signing him at first, or especially when like Teddy came out and said, "I don't. I'm not comfortable talking about oh, when I'll yeah. practice." Right. Uh, so to me, I think the other thing is that, that's interesting. Yeah, is does he continue to do well if he does well in the preseason games? What happens? Because I'm pretty sure, and we need to look this up. I think Josh McCown. He's got ten million dollars, right? Stand by, I, I think it's guaranteed. So there's nothing. So they're, they're not going to cut. There's him. nothing they can do with Josh. But do they make Ted, Teddy Bridgewater trade bait at some point if he has the first two preseason games that are awesome, whatever it may yeah, be? Yeah, because we're at a point now. No trade is going to happen in the next month. No, definitely Everyone's not. Everyone's evaluating their team. Uh, they're going through. It's if injuries happen in training camp, or if there's injuries in the preseason game, or someone gets out there in live action and completely bombs, and Teddy goes to one of the teams. I would imagine with a rookie or an opening or. You know, it's I, I just or don't a think team it's, that's like really in desperate need of a backup. Like maybe let's just say New England. Maybe New England right. is like, damn, we can't have Brian Hoyer as our backup. Right. But I know it's not going to happen in the division. AFC East, the Jets True. aren't going to trade him. But the situation like that, it is guaranteed ten million. It, it is right. So he's, so he's there. there. Yeah. All right, but legitimate buzz. Next one. Whoa, big offseason. I've never seen anyone like him. No, we're not talking about Von Miller or Miles Garrett. No, we're not talking about Saquon Barkley. Ooh, we're cool. talking about backup quarterback for the Saints, Taysom Hill. Whoa! I've never seen anyone like him. Joe Lombardi, one of the offensive coordinators down there, said, you see Aaron Rodgers and those kind of guys. The fact that he's mentioning Aaron Rodgers when describing Taysom Hill is incredible. Yes. You see those guys, they make plays, just ability to avoid the rush. This guy runs a sub 4 5 40, and he's strong. He might be the strongest guy on the team. The reporter followed up with, are you serious? And he goes, certainly, pound for pound. He might be the strongest squatter. The guy is a freak athlete. I've never seen anyone like him at this position. It's probably because he was running gunner last year, and he's probably not a quarterback. That's no. why you've never seen anyone like him. That's why he him. ran like for 300 yards a game in BYU a few times, right. whatever it may be. So i I, I, I got to see more. I've never seen anyone like him. i got to see more of this kid first just to play the quarterback position. I mean, as an athlete, it is impressive when you he watch film, things like that. Year. I know. It's, it's legit athleticism. I just need He's to see more throwing the football, right? I need to see it. I got to see if is it natural? Is it natural within him to play the position the right way? That's that's what that's the Sims test. But yes. I, I have a paragraph. And people are always like, "This are always great in OTAs in the yes. starting training camp." It's like, oh, it's scramble around, you know, fire drill, and uh, you know, everyone will go. This drove me crazy at times with John Gruden because he used to do this with Jeff Garcia. I was like, it's seven on seven, and he's scrambling around, and you're there's nobody rushing him, and you're giving him props for throwing a completion. I didn't even know we could. Do do that. Okay, I'll start doing that too. That's why it's scrambling. Whoa. Yeah. Big offseason. Yeah, and seven on seven scrambling. Yes, I didn't even know that was possible until Jeff Garcia got to our team. I really didn't. Nobody ever did it. And then he did it, and Gruden was like, 
way to go, man. That's what way to play. Teach these guys scramble. And I was like, well, I didn't know we were going to do that. Every time we didn't make a decision when I did it, you were like, fucking throw the ball, make a decision. I didn't know I was going to dance around for nine minutes without a pass rush in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Why is he scrambling? I don't what know. Where is he it scrambling the, from? Nobody got open. There's nowhere to throw to. So if I run to my right, it actually is a smart thing, right? Because it does teach receivers scramble drill and all those things. So there really is value to it. It just pissed me off at the time. Well, yeah, I wanted to be like, damn, he's giving him credit. I mean, you you didn't tell us we could ever do that until now. That's that was amazing. when he was framing it to be Garcia to be the starting quarterback. So if you think it's a woe that well, no one's seen someone like Taysom Hill before, did you know that there's an MVP, a future MVP of the NFL on one of these teams? That's right. And not only is he not a second stringer, he's a third stringer. Matt Collins for the Philadelphia Eagles. We have one quarterback who should have been the MVP, Carson Wentz. One who was the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. And one who could potentially be an MVP. That's right. He's talking about Nate Sudfeld. Oh. The third string quarterback that came over for the Washington Redskins. He was oh, a practice I squad lost player. you at Nate Sudfeld. Matt Collins says he's sticking with the claim. Because of what he saw in practice last season. I'm sticking with the claim because I play Xbox with him every day after practice, so I can't back off of it now. You didn't think that Nate Sudfeld could be the MVP after that incredible Week 16 show against the Dallas Cowboys? Negative, Ghost Rider. Yeah. This, is when, this is when friendship overtakes evaluation in the NFL locker room. Sudfeld, though, with the all-time response, showing that he's a gamer. I just show up and I do what they tell me to do. I don't peek out how many reps I'm getting for the day. I know I need to be ready to play. If you try to read scripts, that's not playing the game because then when you're playing the game, you do what coach calls in the headset. I'm working every day to work on my craft. Hey, I'm sure he is. Future MVP, Nate Sudfeld. I liked his brother a lot. I know Nate's a good dude, but if he was the future MVP, no, no, oh yeah, the Washington Redskins wouldn't have let him go. That's right. Whoa. So, big, whoa big truth. You're hearing big things, though, about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah, I had a, a, a member of the media up there at first tell me, and then I talked to, you know, somebody involved in their organization. Josh Allen's blowing people away. I mean, blowing people away. I know to the like it's like sounds like it's a, this um, is a super well. It sounds like a almost, you know, a Carson Wentz thing. It's just not only I think everybody's blown away by the mental approach, but practice is eye opening, like we said it would be. Yeah. It's eye That's why it's not surprising. It's that's not why surprising. I'm not gonna read too much into this because if there's any guy that's gonna inspire people after OTAs throwing in shorts. But I know there's been pushback up there in Buffalo about them drafting him a little bit. Like, oh you're this guy, the fifty six percent. I know, but we I know knew this was gonna happen. I know. Josh just, Allen's gonna roll out with his like Clydesdale legs and throw a seventy yard bomb in the air, and they're gonna go. Man, he can actually see over the line. We haven't had a quarterback that could do that in years. Yeah. And, oh, A.J. McCarron's going into the room being like, he wasn't that great. Because we know that A.J. <laughs> McCarron talks shit. Like, it's the per- like A.J. McCarron's average ass and Josh Allen throwing bombs is the perfect combination for the whoa, big offseason soup. You're right. Can you finish your scouting report on what you were oh, hearing? Oh, my bad. No, that, that was basically... <laughs> Lefko just took that over. I would Whoa. like to hear what's going on with Josh and Buffalo. No, that, Lefko, he can't control himself. But that they're just blown You're away. Right. It's the coaches, the players, everybody. It's okay. it's one of those type of things, again, where I, I thought about Carson Wentz when I first heard it because those are the things I heard in Philadelphia. And I can remember Fletcher Cox actually telling my dad, yeah. like, no, no, when Carson's out there, we kind of the defense kind of gets up and watches him because we're always like, damn, that was unbelievable. And I'm hearing those things. 
same type of things from Josh Allen. It's wowing on all levels right now. Nothing about the tweets. That's over. He's the quarterback. I haven't heard anything about the tweets. Nope, I haven't. I mean, that's going to be for players in the locker room to To judge, to to see if there's a crack in the armor. Does he say something that's a little questionable? You know, there's leeway in a locker room. Guys don't, I mean, listen, if Richie Incognito can make it through a locker room, then a lot of guys can. They're not, it's not a too political of an environment. Um, But if you repeatedly show signs of, racism or just idiotic things, then you're going to start to lose the locker room. All right, we still have uh, players' contracts coming up. We are going to be doing a nice out-of-left-go field, and I have a few Blake Bortles stuff to get to. Whoa. Yeah, buckle your face. But first, let's buckle call it. Big Phil. Let's get him on here. Sims, uh, what do you think about this crazy Pusha T. Drake battle that's going on right now? Oh, Pusha T and Drake? Yeah. I just knew Pusha T. I only think I knew about Pusha T is Kanye buying that Whitney Houston picture for his record. Yeah. What Damn. do you think is going on between Drake and Pusha T right now? Uh, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's literally one of the most intense rap battles Pusha in the last T. 15 to 20 years. Okay, let me just make sure I got this right. Pusha T used to be like him and his brother, right? Yep. All and right. Eclipse. Yeah, Eclipse. And his right, cousin. Right, right. I remember them. I and met them at the airport once and we talked and uh, they were cool. But Drake is the man. Yeah, that was the it's song. A huge, Drake is on Life Hello. Support. Really? Hey, Big Hey, what's Phil? up there, what's big up, guy? Man? What's going on? Oh, you my sound God. Great. You doing okay? I'm doing well. Phil, doing what, well. Do you, what do you think about this Drake Pusha T beef right now? The what? This battle between Drake and Pusha T. It's crazy. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's right. Don't don't feed into his games, father. What do you think it is? He knows who Drake is. Drake's the rapper, Dad. You see at the yeah, Rangers I, I know the name Drake. And who's yeah. the other one? Pusha T. You're Pusha not going to know him. No, of course not. No, he's trying to be all Johnny Millennial on you oh over here. Oh, my God. He's just, so cool. All of a sudden, Chris Come is on, protecting Adam. What are you talking about? You know, we got to get you over here to the house. Beat your ass in a few things. Yes. Get you back down to earth. And I'd show like to you just beat his ass, like. Dad. You know, be just... a man and, right. oh, he's a, a millennial. Year. What about this battle? Oh, what was that word? Me? Did you what say millennial again? What word was that? Man, I tell you. Uh, you, big... you know what? Let's see. We'll play a little hoops. Okay. What else? Whatever else you can do. Get an IV if we're going to play hoops. This just turns into Big Phil challenging me and Josh and things. But I'm curious. Let's go sweating as we're talking. So if we play basketball, we got an IV machine there. Big Phil, did you see? (laughs) Did you see the scouting report video that was sent your way? Oh my God! All right. So Josh doesn't know this, but we've sent footage of Josh playing ping pong to Big Phil. Big Phil, what do you think about your future opponent? Wait, I just want to know this. (laughs) Is, is, Is Josh there? I'm here. Yes. Okay, Josh. Josh was the white guy in that video. Just so you know. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. (laughs) I thought the other guy was uh, Josh. Um, But, uh, Josh, what amount of effort were you putting into the game? Were you just casually playing or were were you playing? Scale of 1 to 10, I was at a 1. Oh, gosh. You were at like a 3. I mean, maybe 2. You just, oh, you just were, you were letting him tag along. Yeah, I was just trying to get a little rally going with him. (laughs) I didn't want it to be a shutout. Phil, what was Why? your takeaway, though? Why would you though? want to shut him out, man? You have a chance to crush somebody, you go for it. You do uh, it. It's, Cam, it's Cameron. He was at the office. I was trying to have a little fun with him. I don't want to embarrass this guy, him. This guy doesn't have the killer instinct, Dad. I like your chances. Yeah. Hey, Phil. first off, and I don't know what kind of battle was, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> I actually played ping pong today. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. are you playing against? 
I played against my daughter. She's pretty good. She's good? She'd beat you. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, God, I know she would. I, well, well, you'd be, listen, listen. You would be dead last in this house. Unbelievable. Against all competition, except I will give you an edge against some of the grandchildren. I want, <laughs> I would hope. Against Philip, I don't know if I would like my chances. All I'm going to say is whenever we do end up playing ping pong, I want a full line of Sims waiting for me, and I'm just going to run through you all. Wow. We'll get the cousins up from hey, Kentucky. Look, I'll play hey, the listen, sisters, the you, grandchildren, you're, you're whoever you want. Before we even start. Yeah, we'll because see. Because you that. have never played anybody, of course, as good as me, but. <laughs> When I say I talk, man, I'm a, I talk serious trash. This is why the I don't think. Time. This is why Dad does. I don't think Dad wants to do this at the draft party in front of everybody because he can't be. He wants his to mess crude, with me. Crude. And that's what's crazy is Big Phil. Like our fans, all they say is that when you give it to Fendrick, it's their most fun ever. Like I think that you talking <laughs> shit to Fendrick would be oh, like. Well, listen, I am. Listen, I talk just like golf. I, you know, in golf, you can't talk. And, you know, I used to play, when I used to play a lot, I was a pretty good player. And we'd be on the first hole, and I was playing somebody who I didn't really know. And, of course, I know his whole objective is, oh, i got to beat Phil. I'm going to beat Phil. And he'll have a five-foot putt, and he'll miss. And I said, man, don't worry about it. You know, you have no chance of winning, so just relax, enjoy the day. And you know you're not going to beat me. And But it doesn't matter, because I'm not going to see you for maybe five years. You could go home and tell all your friends whatever, whatever story you want. You could lie and tell them you beat me. And they all, a couple of guys I did it to just went, boy, you're right. I said, yeah, just enjoy the day. Take your beating like a man and it'll be over with. Don't worry about it because you're, you're not so going to win. <laughs> I, I welcome the chatter. You can talk all oh. you want. It goes in one ear, out the other. Uh, right. Yeah, you're saying it now, but you, you, you play against amateurs. You have no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 I have no idea. You know, but I will say this. Listen, here I am giving you all this, and, and, I'm, and there's my son, my oldest son, what? Christopher. Yes. I watch him on TV in the mornings. And they have these contests and these drafts and all this stuff. I mean, I'm just going to – you're the Washington Wizards, Christopher. <laughs> Hell. I mean, you just get your ass whooped every day. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I understand the judge is a little impartial. Yeah. But oh, uh, They still, make the worst picks. You uh-huh. just, you just got to just – you, you got to win so convincingly that you, you know there's no doubt. So I, I don't know. I'm, I know, but yeah, I can't win in the public. Are you, are you doing this on purpose? You know, to keep the job. Tell me that you're doing that. That you're trying to be nice. If it's What's not, he talking about? Well, he's, he's talking, talking about. He's talking, even then, when, it's no good. When Chris does pro the football talk, nice. they'll be like, "Build the perfect team of quarterbacks," and then like Florio picks like the ones that like Wikipedia would say are the best quarterbacks, and then Chris picks the actual oh, okay. best quarterbacks. So <laughs> Phil, you just don't. Phil, hold on. I heard a story that Chris was saying earlier that Dan Marino was shocked that you worked out. Oh, I told him, and maybe I'm wrong with this story, but wasn't it before the 93 game, you're down there, pregame warm-ups, right? You're going to play the Dolphins, and Dan Marino started asking you about weightlifting? Uh, it could have been. Yeah, I can't quite remember, but go ahead. Okay, well, that was it. I just yeah, thought they were. I thought you were you were warming up. If I remember the story correctly, and then Dan Marino and some other quarterback coach are sitting over there, I guess, marveling at your you know legs and ass and the fact that you had guns as a quarterback. <laughs> and I thought you. I thought at least I remember you saying or telling the story as in like Dan was asking you like, oh, so wait, this weightlifting stuff really helps you? Does it help you throw the ball too? <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm no, I'm pretty good with this. Right. I think that was in the time Dan was going through. I, he might have had the torn Achilles that year, maybe. I'm not sure what it, it was. was. He missed it was... the game. It was a really big deal. Right. And I was really disappointed he was hurt 
because the Giants had more fans there than the the Dolphins did. Right. So that you know, I took the field. I was like, damn, this is better than being in Giant Stadium. And of course, as I always told you, throwing a football down in Miami—that's cheating. Yeah, I know. I mean, come on. I, I mean, you can't grip and throw the ball down there in the humidity and that. Man, I don't care if it's pouring rain. I played the pouring rain down there once and was going, this is even easy. In Tampa you did. What's that? Yeah, Tampa. I think it was pouring rain once and you no, had to I get play, A preseason game I played in pouring rain in Miami. And I was like, oh, my God, i got, I got to play in the rain. Dad, and I'm, Dad was always like, je- he's like je- always jealous. Well, anybody is from when the Northeast. Well, when you're in the Northeast and, like, you are got to be Tom Brady or Phil Sims or any of those quarterbacks and throw in some of these weather situations yeah. in these stadiums up here, you know, you look at the guys in South Florida and you watch a highlight of their game and you go, damn, it's 75 and there's damn, now that you no say this, breeze. Eli played, you know Eli played really well in the rain in Tampa last year. He did. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the, the weather pattern has changed. It really has. I'm not giving the old in the old days. but No, it's called man. global warming. Yeah, we know. It, it, Phil, it, would it you is, say that the climate has changed? On, I don't want to get into global warming. But, <laughs> but, it, but it's changed. It doesn't get bad till like, January. I right. mean, some years I'd go, I'll take a 20-mile-an-hour wind today. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And, and I told you this story. I don't know. I guess I'm in Eli's in about his fourth or fifth year. And I'm doing one of their games, and I said, you know, something. I said, well, what about the wind? Is that a big deal for you, Eli? And he goes, honey, he goes, you know, I don't think I've ever played a windy game yet. And I just went, what? Yeah. And so it really has changed. It's completely, I mean, we see games in Green Bay now where it's still beautiful in December and everything. So I don't know how we got started on that, but, oh, I know what it was. Yeah. So Dan Marino and I, that (laughs) offseason, with Mark Rippon and John Elway, were playing golf down in Miami and some in fact we were playing with Tiger Woods right in a this is right weird. before the Honda Classic and Tiger was 18 years old playing as an amateur going to play in it you know so you know he must have thought we were crazy the way we were talking and you know basically somebody's getting ready to hit it you'd say something and you'd hit it and you go wow you could imagine how foul we were right and Tiger Woods actually told the story once he goes I just couldn't believe how hard they rode each other, constant. <laughs> and but we're playing, and Dan said something. We're, we play you guys this year. I said, Yeah, I know. You know we're going to win. And he goes, Oh, he got really upset. What do you mean you know you're going to win? I mean, I said, Hell, you're the Miami Dolphins. I mean, yeah, there's no way. You know the Miami Dolphins can't beat the New York Giants. I mean, we're just too tough for you guys. And I said it for real. He goes, Well, you, you. He got all bared up. I mean, for, and then he goes. And I said, well, if you want to bet on the game, let's do it. <laughs> I'll bet whatever you want. <laughs> so, How much did well, you bet? <laughs> the son of a gun got hurt, so it never uh, came true. But we did put a bet on it. I don't know if we'd have paid off. Right. Is that illegal? I just said. Yeah. <laughs> let's open up the investigation. Let's take away your Super Bowls. Oh, but, it was so, but I just think back. Oh, I know what it was. And here's what happened to you. triggering stories that we were this is what happens. 18th, we're on the 18th hole. And the whole match is coming down to the 18th. Now, John Elway has got nerves to steal. And, of course, he had a lot of money. So he always declared what we were going to play for. He didn't even ask me, well, let's do this. We get this. Everything's automatic. Play you. Everything's just. I'm going, damn, I could lose a fortune if I play bad. But we're on the 18th hole. Dan Marino had just got a new set of clubs, Cobras. Big thing. Got them from Greg Norman. <laughs> this is Greg hilarious. Norman playing Cobras. He swings. The driver on the 18th hole, as he gets ready to hit the ball, 
the club head breaks before he hits the ball, swings and misses. The club head flies 100 yards out and to the left and goes into the water. And he's, he goes, he's standing up looking around going, oh, you know, what, what? I, said, I said, the club head broke. You know, we're kind of laughing. He goes, well, okay. And I said, hey, look, I don't care what you do. Your ass is hitting, too, right now. So there you go. And that started an argument. We stood on the tee box for 10 minutes and argued. Finally, he said, it was at the Westin. That's where he lived, the community. He goes, man, I run the Westin. I make the rules, and I'm going to say I'm teeing off one. Whatever. So, well, whatever. It was great. We had a lot of fun playing golf. Can you imagine that? I can't. That's awesome. That's the first time I've heard you tell that story, actually. With an 18-year-old tiger. And, And Tiger was... Jimmy Roberts called me. They were playing at that course now many, you know, 25 years later and asked about the story. He says, Tiger told a story. Is this true? And I said, oh, God, it was. He goes, he couldn't get over how y'all talked and treated each other. What was poor Mark Rippon doing here? Because he seemed like he was kind of quiet and nicer than you guys. Oh, what do you mean? Big Rip, first off, he hit the ball 800 miles. Right. And, you know, he was the exact opposite of what you thought. So he was great on the golf course. Too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. First off, I'd sit there and go, damn, he plays quarterback. I mean, he's a giant. Yeah, he's such a big, thick man. Oh, well, my God. Gosh. He's a, he's a giant. And I'm telling you, he'd hit that thing, and it just, he'd go, oh, I'm not going to watch anymore. You know, I, I thought I could hit it pretty far, but he was blown by John Elway, me, and Dan Marino, you know, 20 and 30 yards like it was nothing. Phil, who won the hole? Who won hole 18? Uh, we did. Okay. Me and Mark Rippon took down the great John Elway and Dan Marino. Oh, that's great. At the time, they had no Super Bowls, and you guys had three. It was fit right in. <laughs> no, I didn't bring that up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that would have you... been good. Hey, Mark, it's the 18th hole. It really means a lot. Mm. You know, some people choke, and the... I like our chances. <laughs> Josh is listening to the trash talk. All right. So, the battle today, Phil. Oh, uh, what? Your son is a Ram, and I am a Colt. Who would you like to hear from first? I'll judge his choice. You're a Colt? And, he, cult. and your son is are a Ram. Are you like the gun Colt? Or you're a He's a like an Indianapolis Colt, Colt like an a little Indianapolis baby Colt. horse. Yeah, no, I knew that. I was just kind of... Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not quite that, you know... Could have also said malt liquor, Colt 45, but it's Colt oh, versus yeah. Ram. Hey, malt liquor, loved it. I used to... I loved it. Did you? That was yeah, a, a, Colt forty five malt liquor. Man, get one of those big cans. My God, it's all you needed. All you needed that. That and some that and some Cobra sticks in your afternoons. <laughs> okay, uh, let, let me hear from the Colt because I got to hear yeah, this. Perfect. Big Phil, hi, I'm a Colt. Uh, i just like to say I know that you guys are height, weight, speed. Rams weigh anywhere between 99 and 350. I mean, we come out the womb, and at our least, we're at like just 350. Just talk about yourself. Leave my name out of your mouth. Uh, also, uh, Big Phil, have you seen the legs and ass of a Colt? We are the yeah. Saquon Barkley of equine. We are a Saquine. Uh, the Ram. The animal's name is their entire fight strategy. Ram. You are a one-trick fighter. Forward. That is it. Every missed ram, that is a kick to the back of your tiny neck. We kick. We bite. We stomp. Welcome to the big leagues, pal. And just so you know, in the wild... 
Colts are driven from their herds at the age of one or two. They join other cults in what is called a bachelor herd. And when there's a bunch, it's called a rake. We are a rake of bachelor cults. We are an angry Vegas trip of young horses ready to stomp you out. We work well as a team. Rams, you just button to each other. You ain't going anywhere. You know, do you do you guys like have a research group that does this stuff for you? No, we do it ourselves. Yeah, I did oh, it this God. morning. I was going to say, if you have somebody doing it for you, you should fire them. All right. Uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ram, go for it. All right, no, first... no, let me hear the Ram. Let me hear the yeah. argument. That was a good argument. It was. Thank you. But well, I'll give you some reasons. Go ahead. Well, I mean, first of all, you're a colt. You're a baby horse. I mean, horses are scared of the wind. Okay, that's the first thing. You ever been around a horse? I mean, you can yeah. literally clap loud, and they can get I freaked don't like out this is going. and run yeah. away. Like yes. so, you're a yeah, right. Phil agrees. He grew up on a farm. He knows what a colt's like. Okay, Rams. You want to talk about yeah, a little stumpy. You're right, but you want to talk about power, packed in power that, like you said, can weigh a male ram, which is what I am, a male ram. Okay, I right. can be anywhere from 250 to 320 pounds. So you're like a third of me. I can jump. My broad jumps better than anybody that was in the NFL Combine this year. Not better than a horse. <laughs> I am amazing. And I have great ability and balance to run on different terrains. I can go higher up in the mountains than any other animal except for one in the whole world. And my speed and power... But I'm like fucking Ronnie Lott coming at you. It's, it's scary. <laughs> and you're not going to be able to do anything. I mean, nothing. I mean, maybe you go and throw a kick out there. But I land it's going to take kick, one shot. Uh, exactly. To what? To my ram head? To your face. You think that's going to hurt a ram? Right under your little cauliflower I got, dome. I have 50-pound ram right, things on Right my on head. the side of your face. And if I hit you on the side, it's just night-night horsey. Good night. I don't feel good about this yeah, one. Yeah, good. Yeah, you shouldn't feel good, Adam. You so really, you, that's you, all this, I got. This, 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 what this, did, this, what this, I didn't like was before Chris even went, Phil went, that wasn't bad, Adam, but I'll tell you why you were wrong. Before you even <laughs> went. No, no, I didn't say that. No, but um, and then now you, you it made me lose my train of thought. But good. Uh, that, that was clearly an ass whooping. Woo! That was an ass whooping today. I'm sorry, Adam. The Rams. That, sure it's kind of like real life. The Rams, Super Bowl hey, listen, contenders. Here, here it is, Adam. Well, the problem is that Colts, you kept no, no, saying baby me, horse. First, Babies right, don't like Colts. And if you go boo, they go crying and jumping and run away. <laughs> Have you done and, that to and a and horse? Away, and you're going against a Ram. You know, never like when you know I was growing up, I don't know if one of my brothers or my dad said, look, if you get in a fight, don't ever fight somebody that doesn't worry about winning and losing. Because he just wants to fight because he likes the action. Those right. are the ones you got to be afraid of. Right. So that ram. He likes action. He likes action, brother. <laughs> and so you kick him in the face. Do you know that skull gives? I mean, it's it's meant to take punishment. Right. So he kicks him in the face. He goes yummy. Him in the head, he's right. gonna go. He's go. Man, that's pretty good. It kind of felt good. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it again. Let me get a run yeah. start. Yeah, Phil, just, Phil, have you ever fought a horse or a ram personally? No, I never fought a ram. But have you ever gotten into a, like a fight with a horse, like a little tussle? Down well, there I the... slapped it around a little. What happened? <laughs> he threw me off. <laughs> That's the last time I got on a horse. <laughs> that that and hearing dad dad's story about his his newspaper route when he had the dog chasing him the one time. What's this? Oh my god! All right, tell this. Is, we're going to end grade. on this. Yeah, what? I, a third I was grade helping film. my oldest brother Dominic deliver papers. And I was on one side of the street. He'd go, give it to the next three houses. Okay, and I'm walking along. You know, it's about 5.30 in the morning. It's darker than hell. I'm scared to death. And I knew this house had a dog, a basset hound. 
and that son of a gun would come out and start, and he'd get right up next to me. I was scared, and I finally yelled, "Dominic!" And Dominic, my brother, who you have to meet him. Yes. I don't know. I'll he try to explain him. Exist anymore? I'll explain him off the air. But Dominic comes running across the street, full speed, and kicks the dog. And I was classmates with the the kid who owned the, the dog. Kid that owned the dog. Right. The, the Green. Um, gosh, I just forgot the name. I'm gonna say not the Greenbergs. Um, but whatever. He's and snapping. he kills the dog. What do you? The what? dog's dead. On the one kick. He, well, my God, my brother is could really run, and he's he runs he's older. forty yards full speed and delivers a kick, and the dog just goes wolf. No. That's the last I ever saw the dog. <laughs> that I didn't think that story was going to go that way at yeah, all. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me a story about a dog chasing Phil. <laughs> the dog chased him a few times before that, and I think that was a, that was the oh, last. Oh God, straw. I was scared to death. But did you, know, you buy him a new dog? The dogs, you know, back then could run free. Sometimes I had one last stupid story, but I was always scared of this one house. He had a big German Shepherd, and I, you know they got. I tried to sneak up to the house and put the paper on the porch before I, he could always hear it. He'd come running around. He'd get right up next to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Then finally, one day, he got so close to me, I reared back and punched him right in the face. What? And that was the end of that. He never bothered me again. He never came out. So, <laughs> this just out here kicking then, and punching when, dogs When you're a newspaper boy, you know, dogs weren't chained up. They ran loose. Yeah, that's crazy. Man. That was crazy. You could never do that. I would, yeah, you, you'd get arrested now if you let your dogs run this. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you get arrested. But how about, you know, the Greenwells? I remembered their name, the Greenwells. I, I apologize for the Sims family to the Greenwells. Yeah, yeah the Greenwells. You know what? They never said a word to me, though, <laughs> in school. So I kept going, well, they're going to bring this up. And I don't know what happened to the dog. He might not have died. He just maybe put him in the house for the rest of his life. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's the way to end it. You the man. All right. See you guys. Okay. Stop the fight. <laughs> uh, that story is... I didn't think either of those stories were going to go that way. Uh, he's got so many stories. I just have to get him on Storyville. So there was his dog, and he bothered me, so my dog kicked him, and he died. I think the dog had so many... He didn't get into some of the preface of the story, which was that it had happened a few times, I believe, before that, to where he had had to like climb a fence and stay on the fence until someone came and helped him. Oh and his oldest God. brother, Dominic, who he said they don't make people like that anymore... Yeah. Yeah, they probably don't. He is he is like when I say you crazy sims, he is the craziest of sims. Like he he's is got just, the gene. Oh, he's got he's the, got your dad, your grandfather's gene of like pulling out his own teeth. Exactly, and like the just the crudeness, the honesty of me. The yeah, I mean, just, I, I'm he's really, that kind I of realized guy. a few things. Yeah. One. Uh, I love the fact that you and your dad are doing mascot battles when there's animals involved because your dad has so many interactions with Mm -hmm. these animals over his life. Two, we're tapping into this Kentucky part of your dad that is absurd. And it is crazy. Everyone knows about Phil Simms once he gets to New York. But there is this whole Morehead State, Southern Kentucky part that I can't even... I don't know where it's going to go, and it's great. I know. We haven't... Has has he told the story yet about his father taking all his teeth out of his mouth? You've told the story. I've told it, yeah. Can I ask one question before we move on? Yes, please. You think your dad, the fact that he was playing ping pong today, means something about how he's feeling? Like, would he normally be playing ping pong on a random Wednesday afternoon? you're definitely on his brain. I'm just saying. But he's just... He's he's got nothing to do. 
Yep. He is the ultimate yeah, meathead competitor. He's the ultimate meathead competitor. And, and yes, I'm going to say definitely. This. He's psycho. Like good. he is definitely like, good dude. You want to go downstairs in the garage and hit some ping pong? I want him thinking about it. Good. good. You need to realize this too. Yep. You're going to need to be the most focused you've ever been in your life. Oh, I because will because he will seize any moment. Yep. Oh yeah, he's going to. That's all his game is going to be. He's really good. I think it's going to be a very even matchup. I really do. I've seen you play enough to know you are really good too. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's going to be just about you control because he's just going to try to rattle you and be excited. so loud. And crude. He's just hoping it'll mess you up a little to where he can steal two or three points. It's gonna be good. Yep, that's it's gonna be good. So what? One other woe. You lost. You're a call. So speaking of the goats, yes. uh, Blake Bortles, mm. Andrew Norwell, the big signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, came out and said, "Quote: Blake Bortles is one of the best I've ever been around," which is the biggest insult to Cam Newton that I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, maybe he's talking as a person. We're well, right. We don't know what he's saying. Best I've ever. Been. It's a like chef? it's like it's like when you go back to all the quotes when they got re-signed, like you said then, right? When he got re-signed, nobody talked about his play. Everybody was like, "He's a great leader. Okay. He's awesome in the locker room." I think that he's I trying took to say that quote wrong. I think I think that's the way I'm taking it. Yes, I, I don't think a lineman would even make that kind of comment about a quarterback at that point. Blake Bortles, again, where I always will tell you, and you guys know I will always feel guilty. I know the guy is good dude. Like, yeah. Everybody says that. Everybody. That's where but I you feel. But like. you wouldn't go and say he's like the best quarterback in the AFC South and should be like number 50 in the top 100. You wouldn't say that. No. Somebody did. Really? Yeah. Let's make sure my laptop's on. This is James Jones when asked which AFC South quarterback will be revealed in the top 50. David Carr already says to Sean Watson, here's James Jones on Blake Bortles. I can't put him up there. I am going Blake Bortles. Okay. And I say Blake Bortles because, like you said, Deshaun Watson only plays. David Carr has to audibly say, because he's smiling so big, I'm not laughing at you, Blake. Here's the rest of James Jones. Six games. This guy was in the AFC championship game. Beat a Buffalo defense that's very good. Beat a Pittsburgh defense that was very good. Went into New England and almost pulled that one out. I am saying Blake Bortles is released tonight. If Case Keenum... Can I just point out really... And then they go on to try and talk, but there's really no talking. So the main thing that I'd like to do for everybody out there is... um, Okay, so AFC well, Championship game. Hold on, before we get into this. Okay, right. Do you know someone out there that thinks that Blake Bortles is good? Do they not realize that he was on the most talented team in the NFL? Well, guess what? In like four years. We're here to help. Right. For the low price of nothing, your loved one can listen to the Sims and Lefko podcast and realize the air in their ways. Please. Reach out to James Jones. His Twitter handle is at 89JonesNTAF and let him know that Sims and Lefko is here to help him. That's 89JonesNTAF. Remember, never let your friends go full Bortles. This has been a message from Sims and Lefko. You never go full Bortles. Never go full never. Bortles. But see, this is why context matters in these conversations, right? As soon as you hear someone yeah. give Blake Bortles credit for anything on that Jaguars team, mm-hmm. about where they go to or wins, he's a winner, I- I'm just going to say this. I can never listen to another piece of James Jones it's talk again. It just tells Whether you. Whether you talk about Rodgers or anybody, it's if you're that separate from reality, I just can't talk to you anymore. It, it does. It's it's questionable. There's no doubt about it. It makes makes me wonder a lot. There there is, and you know, the, the, again, the points are what the, they're bad. 
He just talked about the, the team, yeah. right? The points. So everything was team related. Oh, it beat a good Buffalo defense. You mean with that 12 for 23 performance for 87 yards? And they scored 10 points? Game changer. And let's not forget that the nine incompletions were like we would, like Lefko, you would have completed them. So that that would be the first issue. Then you go to the Pittsburgh game. I mean, we've said this a million times, but come on, it was twenty-eight to seven, and he was seven for fourteen for eighty-three yards and no touchdown. You don't need to explain. I know. This was more of a message to people out there. I know. If you're facing tough times, Sims and Lefko understand. So the question was: Never let your arms of an angel go full Bortles. They were they were doing their stupid. Well, I know, but they were asking who, which quarterback was going to be in the top fifty. It was it was so. There's an AFC court, AFC South quarterback being revealed between fifty and sixty. Which one is it? And so Mariota was, had he gone already? No. Damn. So they he chose Bortles out of the three guys. He he didn't and even David think it was Andrew. Car- David I would Car- say, pick Derek uh, Deshaun Watson. It was Deshaun Watson. Okay, I was gonna say even Andrew Luck if he hasn't played in three years, I still would go. He's <laughs> the guy I'd pick over that. Uh, all right, so that was unreal when I heard that. Speaking of uh, former teammate Aaron Rodgers, quick contract updates. Mm-hmm. Story Rodgers sees Thomas Dimitrov in the airport at the Super Bowl, says, look, we don't know each other that well, but get this deal done with Matt first so I can get on with my life. <laughs> Still waiting on the Rodgers contract. Yeah. Uh, I think the most interesting contract situation that no one's talking about is Zach Martin. Mm, you're right. It's been totally lost in the shuffle. Right now, there's no timetable for a deadline. Yep. There's no progress. This one could be a big-time battle because no player got complimented more by their ownership than Zach Martin. Right. Talking about him being a Hall of Famer, talking about him being like Larry Allen, and now he's sitting there, he's got to get paid, he's 27, so he's not the 25-year-old second contract, Right. and they are going to have to pay him a ton, and guards are getting paid a ton. Look at what Norwell got with Jacksonville, look what Pugh got in Arizona, look what Weston Richburg got with San Francisco. Zach Martin. Martin is going to get co- bigger than Kalechi Osemele money Definitely. in Dallas. Yes. And they're already up against it. They are up against it. That's but the I, problem. But to me, it's a guy that's been publicly supported by the franchise. Yes. And now you're not budging. Is and that- really, the team's success started as soon as he got there. I mean... Right, it's, it's when they became. You're like, oh, this offensive line. It went from being good to the best offensive line we've seen since the Cowboys in the early '90s. And we've seen Tyron Smith miss games, but not Zach Martin. No, I know. So you're, I, I think you're right. I think that's the most good call unheralded. It's, we need to talk more because I think Zach Martin's contract situation could get real tested. Yes, and the fact that Zach Martin is is one of the twenty best players in football. Really, I mean, I, I know it's a guard and it's hard to quantify that, but he's without a doubt uh, been the best guard in football the last few years, and he's really on pace as far right now as one of the best guards we've seen in the sport. And yes, he's better than Andrew Norwell. He's better than Kevin Zeitler. You talked about Kalechi Osamayli. Yeah, I mean Norwell's getting thirteen three a year. Zeitler's getting 12 a year. Osamele's getting 11.7. Zach should be asking for 15. Basically, I think that's exactly right. And I don't know how Dallas is going to make all this work. I'm really interested to see what Dallas does here because you also have Demarcus Lawrence. You got Dak coming up on the horizon. Zeke. You got Zeke after that. Travis Fedrick, they already paid. So it's it's going to be, they're going to have to really work some magic. I I know. I'm I'm not 
you know, I'm, I'm very curious. Especially the Cowboys are curious. It's going to be interesting. All right, so what if I told you that LeBron James was in a contract year and he wasn't getting what he wanted, so he went and he created a rap song in which he said, they're not paying me the right amount of money, they're two-faced, they're lying to me, they're making me out to be the bad guy. Would you think that that would be a story that we'd talk about for a long time? Well, I mean, if LeBron James does it, I mean, I think people would take the streets with pitchforks and be like, we gotta kill this guy! What about what about Russell Westbrook? Like, if Russell Westbrook came out and made a rap song and was like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. What a loose cannon he is! I mean, this is this is why I can't work on the court. He's gotta take 40 shots. He's a loose cannon. Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. did that. Yeah. And no one's talking about mm-hmm. it. Le'Veon Bell put out a rap song saying those things, and the only thing we're saying right now is Le'Veon Bell says he needs more money. No one's listening to it. Well, because we've kind of become the, the podcast that plays rappers' music, here is Target by Le'Veon Bell. One, I need you to think, is he better than Cole Beasley? Here we go. So they put me on the tag, I definitely not gonna trip, I got that bag, I wonder why they treat me like the bad guy, you say I ain't the best, but that's a bad lie, I'ma do what I want, just leave me alone, if I don't do what you want, then you want me gone, I'ma say you being real aggressive, the way you switch up on me, real impressive, I got mine up on my plate. You can see I'm doing shows, so you think I'm out of shape. And the fact that I want paid, all these people want to trade. I'm the one they want to hate. So to me, I'm a target, so they... So that's the first verse. I like it. Uh, one, Josh first heard it. He goes, he's really bad. Josh didn't like it at all. Well, I, I'll say this. Where Cole Beasley is the event, he didn't use the machine, the... the yeah, the auto-tune. The auto-tune, right. Yeah. I don't think it was hard. I don't think it was bad. I just look at it like great? this. Wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't Arian Foster. I just no, I, it was not Arian Foster. I, I look at it and I go, this guy is openly talking about his contracts in a rap song, and I don't think it's being discussed enough. Mm-hmm. He says he wants to be paid seventeen million dollars. They're telling him he's not the best team. They're saying he's out of shape. They're saying he's saying different things to his face. And then he comes in a little bit later and he says this, and I don't know what he's talking about. Think if I said I'd be sluggish. You think they won't pay me because of drug test? For a fact, I ain't never felt one that's on me. You so worried about the way we're about to pick this. He says, he goes, everyone's worried about the drug test. Right. I never failed one. Right. That's on me. Because he got pulled over. But they should be worried about the P- performance enhancing drugs, PEDs. Is he calling somebody else out there right yeah, now that, that someone else is on PEDs? That, it, You're worried about my drug test that never happened, but you should be worried about the PEDs. Probably. Can we hear that again? Can I hear that part one more time? Yeah. I, I would like to. I heard the PEDs. I couldn't quite figure it's out. Sluggish. You think they won't pay me because of drug test? For a fact, I ain't never felt one that's on me. You so worried about the way we're about them PEDs. Is that a, just a statement to the NFL? I think it is. It's, you're so, so worried, worried about, about that weed. weed. What, what about, about the, the PEDs? PEDs? Yeah, he's saying that that's the shit you got to worry about. The cheaters. Yes, of course. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So I think it's just more about the NFL. Yeah, I think I think that he's a top running back. I do I do not think he's a top rapper in the NFL. But I just think it's crazy that this is a star in the NFL. Yeah. That's openly saying all this, and it's not being talked about more. No, it's it's not. Like if he's Russell kind of Westbrook out of sight, came out, out of and mind. said yeah. the, the Thunder are lying to me. They're they're talking bad. They're telling me to my face that I'm not the best in my position. I think it is. I think I should be getting paid this much. They actually tagged me, and I feel like a target. 
I know. I think it we're just doing means, think pieces on it's, it. It's it's the it's the 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 fact that the NBA has individuality and in the NFL is just not about that. The fan base doesn't really focus on that a whole lot as I'm a whole. It. I know it's cool. Uh, I will say this: as much as I love Le'Veon Bell, <clears throat> seventeen a year. I just I do think he's got to come down a hair. I got I do. Listen, you can't sit here and tell me that he's worth double a Devontae Freeman or a LaShawn McCoy. They're making 8.2. Yeah, but I, if I'm arguing for him, I get those guys argument. are chronically underpaid. I get, I get the argument. Because I would say that, oh, so you want him to get, what, 14? So you think that he's one half of Matt Ryan? I can understand. I'm not bringing Matt Ryan no, no, into this. I get guy. you. I apologize. I, get under, I understand him wanting his worth. Um, but, yeah, I do think that market price is part of this conversation. You're, so you're t- so he, in his mind, you're telling me that his teammate Antonio Brown is worth 33% more than him? I, I don't think it necessarily. No, not in my eyes. But in the NFL's eyes, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think if he realistically was asking for 14 a year, 15 a year, I could deal with that, even yeah. though I would still go, man, that's a lot more than anybody else out there is making. I understand his argument about being the receiver and the running back and doing all those things, and he certainly is special. I'm just saying, I, as being around the NFL as long as I've had, when the whole NFL guys are making $6 million, $5 million, $8 million, Le'Veon Bell isn't that much better for me to go, well, he deserves double. Yeah, double. No, but as we've always said, as the players' podcast, we want Le'Veon to hold out because he needs to set the market for the running backs. It's required of the best running backs to hold out because they are the most disrespected position Mm -hmm. in the entire sport. And that look, maybe he ends up being a Kirk Cousins. Yeah, they're not going to want to tag him a third time because then he's going to be in the twenties the next year, and then he's going to hit free agency, and it's going to be the rare case where a twenty-eight-year-old prime-time position player is hitting the market without his team having leverage. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Le'Veon plays this year. They're going to try and tag him again and all of a sudden it's an open race. Maybe he gets more guaranteed money and he changes contracts for running backs. Yeah, don't play. Don't so do anything until you got to. These are the rules that are set forth. So I mean all that. I'm like Odell. I don't want to see you out there until you get the long-term money, long-term security, I will disagree with you in the fact that I don't think he gets the third franchise tag. I think that will draw the line where they're going to look at it and go, well, we're not going to... That's what I said with Kirk Cousins. Oh, sorry. They're not going to give the third sorry, one, sorry. so he'll get out there. Sorry, gotcha. your, your boy Brandon Marshall signed with the Seahawks. Good for him. I think that's a good spot for Is him. Is it? I do. I haven't talked to him. Uh, I know he had gone out there and all that. Uh, Brandon Marshall's gonna has played with some incredible storylines. Incredible storylines. I mean, yes, we know that. And I really think this is the perfect type of mix for him as far as what he wants to do as a player and what he can do to contribute to a team. And he can be a big receiver on a team that ru- like runs a lot, so it's a little bit more improvisational. Russell's great at back shoulder throws and things like that. See, that's where like Brandon probably messed up in his signing with the Giants. Like Eli Manning's not that kind of quarterback. He's right. not trying to make power throws, right? To where, oh, let me fit in a cover two hole ball and throw a laser in there or so I can use the size to go up and get right. it or the back shoulder ball, whatever. That's not Eli Manning's game. Where Russell Wilson, if he sees one-on-one like that, he will do that. We saw that with Jimmy Graham in the last few years. So it's time to go out of Lefko Field. Let's go out to Lefko Field. Random stories and conspiracies that I'm seeing or things I think you need to be aware of. And we're going to start off first with an Russia attack. Russia is a hoax. Well, that's a big conspiracy being floated out there. Just so you know, it's a hoax. No, so is global warming. Apparently, you notice how Big Phil didn't want to get yeah, in that conversation. He's like, like, I don't want to talk about this temperature <laughs> things. My, it's warmer. so what? It's hot in Miami. He's complained about the weather at Giant Stadium before. 
like about how the he, I'm tell, Christopher, I, the, the weather just doesn't seem as bad as when I used to play. And I want to be like, yeah, well, first of all, Dad, yeah, you're right because in November I used to wear snowsuits to your games. But I, I've said this to him all the time. I go, Dad, it's global warming. Oh, well, I don't know, whatever it is, it's just not as bad. <laughs> that was great. That, that was out of Sim Stadium. Sorry, that was great. No, <laughs> I, I, your dad makes me laugh. Uh, first one is there's an attack on a position in the NFL right now. And I think we need to address it. And that position is equipment men. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. First, we saw Brady, uh, the pumper, the deflator, those guys. Still haven't heard from them. No. They're disappeared. We don't know where they are. Siberia. Siberia. Uh, they've gone. It's amazing. Now, the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ed and Joe Skiba and Ed Wagner, all of whom were with the Giants for two-plus decades, fired after the Eli Manning scandal. Wagner was with the Giants since for, I was a little boy. For more than 40 years, these guys took the fall completely for the Eli Manning memorabilia scandal. So Eli goes, hey, I don't feel like giving up the game ball. Can you get one that looks like it and I'll sign that? And they're the ones get, that get fired. Apparently, in some text between Joe and Ed, the two Skibas, Skibas, yeah, this is what got them fired. Joe apparently texted and wanted to get more money and said, or, quote, I'll tell the whole fucking world the truth. I don't fire people that say they're going to tell the whole fucking world the truth. Now, I'd like to get the Skibas in here for an interview. Well, yeah, but they, um, the Giants, who knows? Will they disappear like the Patriots? Yeah, by, there's probably an NDA. They're going to be paid for the next 20 years by the Giants. I mean, so that's that pretty will, much what so, I imagine New England So did. is that the new trend in the NFL is the magical disappearing equipment men? They're the real storytellers, huh? Uh, well, they're the they real know secret everything. holders. They know everything. They really do. They they're get like, all they're like Woody. the dirt. They're like the, they're like they the makeup the artists. Yeah, well, they get all the dirt. You get the dirt from the players, the coaches. Damn, even the secretaries feel comfortable telling them crap. Because so they, they're just walking around they're filling walking up around. Oh, hey, can I, get, uh, can I have an extra T-shirt? I'm going to go work out. So there's always little things like that. It's I, I don't know the Skibas real well, okay? I know who they are. I mean, it's a shame to see them fired. Uh, Eddie Wagner is the one that got me. Legend. Legend. I mean, man, Eddie Wagner, do you know how many times he cussed me out as a little kid because I took too many pieces of gum from, gum from the player's bin? Really? Oh, my gosh, because I was like, damn, free gum. Juicy fruit, double mint, spearmint. <laughs> Let me try 20 of each. And I, like, shove them in my pocket, and then he'd come around the corner in the locker room. Everybody, They're for the fucking players! <laughs> Just take two or three. That's how he used to yell at me. But uh, um, I wonder why you curse a lot. It's uh, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Can we get on the podcast? I don't know. I don't really know them. I mean, maybe him. Maybe uh, there's maybe. no. I not, can't imagine. Just, I just want to know if he has an NDA. Uh, I feel bad. I do feel bad. And uh, it go go back to my original thought with this whole thing is why is Eli Manning worried about an extra million dollars signing helmets or footballs? Anyways, Makes you wonder. Gosh, damn. I mean, you got so much money, you can't even spend it all. What does that matter? I understand that's maybe a shallow comment. It's but not. When you have 180 million in the bank, do you really need the extra 900 thousand to make a difference in life? So just some that left. Field, be careful of the disappearing equipment men. They hold all the secrets. Second thing, there is an analytics arms race going on in the NFL. Mm. First, I'd like to say this. If there's someone out there that you know, and I might be sitting next to him right now, that says analytics will never work in the NFL, statistics are just too hard to come by, those are not the statistics that we're talking about. There's an analytics out there that is changing the game. The Broncos brought Sam Hinkie in, former GM of the Philadelphia 76ers, and he 
leader of the Trust the Process movement, to meet with Elway and other team executives and scouts. A lot of people heard this story and they went, are the Broncos going to start tanking for draft picks? As though that was the only thing that Sam Hinkie taught them about. No. The main reason they brought him in, the Broncos, like every team in the NFL, have a ton of data but they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening right now in the analytics movement. Everybody is charting everything, but they don't know what the data means. And that's why people like Hinky are so important. The main focus is he talked about player evaluation, in-game situations, salary cap and contract decisions, and the one that's causing a lot of attention, training and rehab. Mitch Tanney, the Broncos director of football analytics, said, if we do some one-off research that doesn't make sense, that doesn't do anybody good, it needs to be applicable. Mm -hmm. So before you say analytics don't work in football, realize that Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, is a leader in the NFL in using them. I watched an interview. What do you think? Yeah, I mean. I watched an interview at a conference. It was Mm -hmm. at the Wharton School of Business in Philadelphia. And he said this about spatial analytics. This is when they chart a guy and they see how far he runs and where he goes and all that stuff. When we have the player tracking at the beginning of the season and we can track it through the course of the year, we can be proactive to understand how their bodies are reacting and maybe get them out of harm's way before they're injured. This is a big deal for us that we're focusing on. We use this everything we do. Before we sign a free agent, we have our sports scientists look at how the gait of the player is Mm -hmm. to see if there's anything that may give us a heads up on a decline. We'll go through the NFL Combine and separately look at our guys that are training our staffs. He talked about there's so much analytics right now in tracking the movement of humans that play football, but it's a race to figuring out how do we use this information? Where can we actually get correlation between is it if they run the most, do they get injured the most? If they run a certain way, do they get injured the most? There is an analytics race in the NFL, and I think part of it's because half the NFL said that analytics aren't real. Yeah. So in a, in a league where you're always trying to find an edge, this is the biggest edge. Whoever figures out that data first wins. Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot there. There's a lot to digest. Um, That's why it's out of left field. The first thing I would say is analytics have always gone on in the NFL. Always. They were always. I mean, how do you think New England hasn't dominated for the last 17 years just by Bill going, I got a gut feeling. Let's go with this, right? So analytics go on. I think where the conversation got skewed in the NFL was the Sashi Brown thing because that became a different part of analytics that weren't involved with the NFL necessarily, which I do think became more stat-based, right? And then people going, oh, you're taking stats from college and there's so many variables that affect those stats. I don't see how that's going to work. And I think that's why some draft picks were missed there in Cleveland because the, the 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 formula itself had no relevance to football on the field in right. the NFL. Now, um, yes, are teams going to continue to improve their analytics? Certainly, yes. There's more information out there now than ever, especially with like things like PFF. And most teams have PFF contracts. This is sure. one thing I hear from my coaching friends more than anything. I don't really have to make the breakdowns of film anymore. I can just watch it. So that's you know? changed coaching. So that's and then the other it. the other analytics. I think it really is is putting sensors on humans and just studying their movements. Sure. Now, a, now now, we're into some really in-depth stuff. We are, and but, but like I've always told both of you that the NFL has been light years behind in these categories, right? Whether it's, it's Why do you phys- think that is? Physical, because I just think it was like, it's an old-school mentality in the NFL, it's rub some dirt on it, put some ice on it, and let's suck it up, and we'll see if you can go next week. And there wasn't that, it, it wasn't viewed as the, such a smart business move, but I think people are starting to realize... Well, when Howie Roseman wins a 
Super Bowl, right. like we've talked about in the copycat league, all of a sudden you go, that's a GM that not only has not coached, he has not played. We could actually win with someone thinking like that. Yes. I mean, analytics, again, you know, there's going to be, it's about how you use it, right? So uh, I'll take you to a little experience I had in New England at one point where I was about to have to do this project, but things changed and I didn't have to do the project. But they basically wanted me to like look at the 20 best defensive tackles in football and come up with all the variables of what made them good and some of their weaknesses, right? Wow. So that's already going on. So again, that's where I go to you with the certain things like when we talk about New England and I had a grading scale for the position, the analytics said some of the variables. Variables that needed to be essential for me to actually go, this guy could play on the New England Patriots team. And that is part of the analytics. Like I've talked about with the quarterback thing. Had to be a certain height, a certain weight, certain hand size. What was it for certain, defensive certain wonderlick Defensive tackle, gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, it was it was like... Gosh, I can't, I can't. I really couldn't even tell you. It was like 295 or above certain arm lengths, right? Because the defensive tackle for New England is really the five technique in right. a lot of ways, too. Right. So we were looking at those type of things. Arm length, where they're cut in the waist, all those type of things. We're going to play into whatever the bench press is. You know, numbers that we might have seen from his college squat, everything. Yeah. All those things that play into it to go, is there some common ground here yeah. that we're finding the correlation? from these guys? And I, that is going on in the NFL, That's but Belichick. there is more Information the first thing I thought when I read this about Denver and I thought about Howie Roseman was that's how incredible Belichick is, mm-hmm. is that he's probably internally processing all of this. And then I think about the guy who I saw in the mall, uh, who was the, the GM. Oh, Nick Casario. Nick Casario. Yes. And I go, I, I would love to know what modules and systems he's running to get tests on people. And then I think about somebody like Gruden and I go, he's acting from the gut. John Gruden is Definitely. probably not listening to more, any certainly. fucking analytics. Yes, certainly more. John You're Gruden's right. probably going like, your numbers, you've been on the football field? No. Like, that's why the NFL's crazy. It is crazy. You're, and the team, and You're right there. Th- there. There are teams that can admit that the numbers are there, and there are teams that are going to act like they're not, and they will get passed. Yes. That's what's going to happen. Yes. Last out of left go field is please help Aaron Rodgers. Jason Wild of the State Journal dove into the Packers playbook remodeling. This is a big story that we're all excited about. The Green Bay Packers are scrubbing it. They're starting from page one. And there's some good stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I read that I don't like. First, I do love that they're making the playbook a group effort. I I think that what I learned from the Eagles last year was having DeFilippo and Reich and Peterson is it created an open conversation and a competition, and Mike Groh got in there, and so did Deuce Staley, and I thought that that ended up being great. However, here is who is in the room for the Packers. Tell me if I'm wrong. Joe Philbin. Yeah. We're not that excited. He's been there before. Right. Jim Hostler is their passing game coordinator. Mm-hmm. He was the Colts tight ends coach from last year. Last time he was an offensive coordinator was in San Francisco in 2007. And I've read all the reviews, and it didn't go well. No, it did not. And Frank Signetti Jr., who was the quarterback's coach under Ben McAdoo and the Giants, these are all former McCarthy protégés. These are all people that have worked under McCarthy before. These are not different ideas. These are not new playbooks. They're people that were under McCarthy, went other places, worked with other people, and are coming back. I wanted them to be completely original. These are retreads. The article made it seem like the new additions were more concerned with learning the updated McCarthy offense than adding scheme. We're trying to keach up. A lot of this offense has changed, Uh, uh, McCarthy. This is the first one. There are two 
two comments that scare me. This one's from Hostler. Yeah. Quote, it's not going to change drastically. The evolution has been because of the greatness of the quarterback. It really won't look any different from the eye because it's how the quarterback plays, which has been my fear with Aaron Rodgers. He's admitting that the offense is the same, but Aaron Rodgers carries us, and it's not going to be different because it's going to be on Aaron Rodgers. I'm getting convulsions. Mm-hmm. Number two, and the one that really upset me was from Joe Philbin. Jeez. Complaint. He was talking about how at this time they're spending a lot of time making sure that their formation names are similar. Quote, we don't have to sit around and call it, oh, that's Viking right because we're in Minnesota. And then next week it's St. Louis left, even though I guess St. Louis doesn't have a team anymore. <laughs> he started it with even though I guess as though maybe they will come back to St. Louis and maybe you guys think they're in L.A., but they're actually still the St. Louis Rams. Joe Philbin is bringing ideas when he doesn't even remember half the time that there isn't a football team in St. Louis. All right, so the, basically what he's saying there is there's, they've simplified certain things, right? There's no reason. Because what I needed from the Packers yeah, offense more was simplification. I know, I know. Which... You know, basically what he's saying there is like, we have the same formation, right? But when we have two tight ends and two receivers in the game, we call it St. Louis. And when we have three receivers and one tight end in the game, we call it Minnesota, even though it's the same exact formation. So that's what he's telling you there. So that's the brain busters these guys are doing right now. Like I did I read into that too much? No, you're you're spot on, Broski. I just read these I mean, articles because yeah. I go, I want to know what's happening with the Packers offense. I think the and point, this is my fear. The point you made about no new ideas. Okay, that's the first thing. You're right. These are all retreads of McCarthy. So they're all gonna bring back the same ideas. Josh is taking a big breath because he's had enough of this podcast. But the other thing, too, I mean, is it encouraging to know that they are making changes? Hey, listen, scheme sure. change, certainly that they realize there are things that have to be changed. But, yeah, I'm not expecting anything drastic. I know. It's 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 within the scope of their knowledge, right? And I don't think there's a whole lot out there other than that that they've gotten to see or be a part of. So the scope of their knowledge is West Coast basic bullshit. Sorry. Yeah, that's do what I, it is. Do I think that these coaches, they, uh, that Philbin and uh, Hostler and— uh, Netty. And Signetti went to places and and maybe adapted and learned some more plays, more philosophies. Absolutely, but I just need people to admit that as human beings, we come in with our natural bias, and what we've learned in the past is our roots. And as we go, we adapt our roots. But realize that all these guys are coming back with the same adapted roots. Exactly, they're all going to go maybe back throw a to the few McCart- ideas here maybe. and there. Exactly right, but, but nothing, nothing but we, big. I was hoping that by the Packers not making the playoffs and the realization of how reliant they were on Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. they'd bring in a fresh start. Yeah, and we ain't getting that. No, you're not getting it. And the biggest, I thought we were getting paid. The one. biggest thing to me when I go to Green Bay, and you know, again, it's always like you know, uh, WWND. What would New England do? I think that's the standard you should be held by. You know, this is the one thing I'll look at, and I think a lot of people in the NFL miss this. And this is where Green Bay and like Seattle and some of those boring offenses we've looked at over the last few years they thrive on a certain scheme that New England doesn't even do. And I want to be like, damn, don't you watch them? Which is really the three-step drop-back pass game. It does not exist in New England, really. 
If you and I went back there and watched all the tape from New England last year, we would see very few slant flat or double slant. They don't run, really run the three-step drop back pass game. In fact, when they throw it short, most of the times it's like the third read. Let me look at the two guys on the right. One's running a post. The other one's running a deep corner. And now Edelman's coming across the middle at five it was yards. more six-and-a-half-step right, drops. Who's took in like a, you know, a, did a jerk route where he faked like he was going to go back out the other way and then he came across yeah. and he was Brady's third read. So that would be the issue I would look at. First of all, when you're always in the three-step drop game, right? Defensive linemen know, oh, let me get my hands up. Let me get spat the ball down, right? So that becomes one thing. Defensive coordinators start to go, well, generally they throw the ball right here so in we'll this area. So just focus on these regions. Right, so let's just stay in those regions and make the picture cloudy for Rodgers. And then what happens? The the picture is cloudy for Rodgers, and he pump fakes and does, you know, seven twirlies and then has to find somebody open. That's where they drop the ball. You know, like when we ran, when I was in New England and we ran, you know, slant with a flat route, I mean, that was something like, I was like, oh, wow, like Josh must have really seen something on film this week to even call this. Like, mm. we don't, this isn't even the the play, the game plan. Yeah. And then places like, New, you know, we talked about Seattle and Green Bay. It's the meat and potatoes. It's what they rely on. It's a big play. Let's go to slant flat. And then they go, damn, why didn't it work? Why wasn't nobody open? Because it's I the 900th time you've run the play this year. I hope, I, I hope that it's all – I hope they're they're putting up some smoke screens. And I'm, all I'm doing is reading quotes. They don't I'm need to do a lot around number 12. Just give him – he just needs a few curveballs, some screens here and there. I just want He'll some, be fine. I just want some new formations and some it's, movement before the snap not and, happen. and some detailed Sorry. stuff. All right, so uh, that was a long but fun – what do you think about the new digs? I love the new digs. I love being able to look at you guys and talk to you. We've never looked at each other like that. Right. Ah, in the old conference room we did. <laughs> We've never looked at each other. Like this. We haven't. We were a little. I was a little interrupting, Cal. You are. No. You are horrible today. No, a little bit. So much so that Josh uh, wrote me a note that says, "I'm you're interrupting a lot." Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you so much. As always, uh, this is going to be our new home. So again, if you have stuff that you want to send us, anything, sixteen thirty three Broadway, second floor, just title it Sims and Lefko. We'll open it on the pod. I think it'll be a great time. Uh, but we appreciate it. Thank you for engaging with us with us on all social media at Sims and Lefko, whether that's Instagram or Twitter, or whether that's the iTunes comments or the Reddit, which I go on there when I'm on the toilet and really enjoy what you guys are oh, putting that's on. Great. Uh, but Next week, I have no idea, but I know we're back here. We're back. And it's going to be great. And we what's might next be, week? We might be wearing some things. Oh, yeah. Might that could be happening. Coming. Might be, gear might be coming. Might be swagging it out. All right. I'm might excited be doing for that. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We will holla at you later. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the NFL. The Players Podcast. Signing out.